three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one half of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, joining you from the heart of Dallas, Texas. Walker Lott, my fantastic co-host, is joining us from College Station, Texas, the, the home of all things good and pure. Walker Lott, uh, an absolutely fantastic start to private school football. I think it had everything we wanted and more. Number one, yeah. how are you doing? Number two, your thoughts on the overall week one? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, just had class all day, so a little tired from that. So you see what we're pushing through to to do these episodes for y'all. Um, you know, both of us have a lot of school on our plate, but we still love doing this, and that's why we do it every week. Um, but it's been good. Great first week. Um, it was uh, a lot of games that really caught our eye. That some were really close, some were blowouts. That kind of shocked us too. Like it was, it was a good first week of football. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for week two. Absolutely. It's going to be a fantastic time. But before we do any analysis on week one or preview week two, we have something very excited to tell you. As you already know, per our socials, the TXPS collection, our apparel line has just officially launched. Walker Lot rocking the shirt. I'm rocking the hat. Guys, this is probably the most exciting thing we've ever done. It's something that we've put a ton of work into. And we both sat down and said before we did this, we're not going to just put something out for the sake of putting something out. We want to put time. We want to put effort into what we do and make something that, you know, looks cool that we both enjoy. And if you look at the design on the back of the hoodie here, because from the front, you just see it's our TXPS logo. It's very simple. We wanted it kind of business in the front and then expression on the back. But from the back, I mean, it's it's the TSP, it, TXPS collection. You know, we're setting the standard and you see just watch right there in the middle. You know, walk a lot. Why don't you, you tell the people what we mean by just watch? Because this isn't something we put into a random name generator and just came up with. We, we, there's some thought and effort behind it. Yeah. So, uh, we're doing drops of apparel. Hopefully the next one would be like in November ish. Um, this one is called the debut because this is the debut of the TXPS apparel line and it's the view of TXPS media. It's the debut of a lot of stuff for some it's exciting things for us. Um, and just watch is something that we came up with to be our kind of motto for the pod, uh, for the company, for everything. Um, just watch is something that we're going to have for probably the the rest of this company. And it kind of is a double entendre because of course we're a media company. We do a podcast, we do a lot of things and we want you to just watch. But at the same time, um, there's kind of a, sometimes a staple, 
uh, of about private school guys that, you know, they're not good enough or, you know, they don't play good competition when we all know that's absolutely false. We want you to kind of have that chip on the shoulder and be like, all right, you don't believe in me. All right, you don't think I'm good enough. I right, just watch. And that's kind of the double entendre with that meaning. I think that's why we love it so much. And I think it's a cool meaning and a cool message um, for all of y'all. And I kind of like that chip on the shoulder type attitude. So. I completely agree. I love how you play into the chip on the shoulder. That's something that I know motivated me when I was playing. I always played at my best when I felt like I was being doubted. And I know everyone that watches this has been doubted at some point or they're being doubted currently, whether it be by us or by somebody else. And, you know, I just think by rocking the apparel and rocking anything with our stuff that says just watch on it, you're basically just telling everyone, I don't have to go around and say how good I am and say how good we're going to be. You just have to watch. So, you know, it's something that we put a lot of effort into. We're incredibly excited about it. If for no other reason, it's a fantastic way to support us. You know, it's a great way to contribute to what we're doing. The bigger this grows, the more we're giving back to y'all, the more we're investing into what we do, getting better equipment, getting getting upgraded coverage. You know, it's, it's something that we're very passionate about. And the bigger we get, the more we're going to pour back into this community. So it means a ton to both of us. Walker. Yeah, and I want to make sure, you know, this store is going to be open for two weeks. It's going to be open for two weeks. So it's going to be this episode. We're going to promote it a lot like we're doing now. And next episode, we're going to promote it a lot. Talk to your parents, <laughs> parents, tell your kids uh, and kind of talk through that and be like, hey, would you, you know what, you want to help us out? Because this is something that is an easy way to support us that is also benefiting you because you get some cool stuff. And, uh, you know, we've talked about a lot of stuff we wanted to do in the future upgraded stuff at the state championships or upgraded uh like we just did our quarterback retreat why don't we do more than that and stuff like that we need financial backing for all of those things you know that's how the world is so uh this is a great way to help us do stuff for y'all absolutely you know it's a selective product there's not going to be a million of these things floating around it's it's only open for two weeks because there's a limited amount so get it while you can if you want to purchase it you can go to the links in any of our social bios they'll be in our link tree there'll also be a tab on our website txpsmedia.com is that domain so again we'd greatly appreciate it if you support us and to be honest you see walker and i wearing this around all the time we're, we're, this isn't something that we just made to make we make it because it looks cool we like it we guarantee you'll all like it too so that is txpsmedia.com go to all of our link trees to get our first apparel drop all right walker lot with that being said let us jump straight into our scoreboard recap presented by the txps media scoreboard so a lot of great action. We will talk about the five games listed on the left-hand side in depth as part of our review. But is there anywhere you want to start particularly that looks interesting to you? Um, Yeah, I guess um, we'll talk. We'll do Thursday uh, TVS and the battle of the dog bowl that I, you know, I kind of got kept going back in high school and the trophy. The last time it was in TVS's hands was my senior year. And it's now back in the hands of TVS and the Dog Bowl trophy is over there uh, on the other side of Alta Mesa. Uh, TVS won, I believe, 44 to 7. And it was a rough day for my Eagles. Um, you know, I think after last year and, you know, the coach Flowers leaving, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions going into this year. Um, but um, and this was not the way, of course, they probably would have wanted to start off. But I do love my guys and I think they have a lot of talent over there. Um, this, this is just week one and TVS is probably going to be one of the better teams in private school this year. Um, 
I still think SES can compete in district. Uh, but I think this is a statement win for TBS, showing that they finally overcome some got uh, a team that they've lost to for the past couple of years, and now they're kind of settling to their own and kind of being the dominant face that they can be. For SES, I hope they take this as a loss, as a lesson, and learn from it, and understand that they have a lot of talent and um, use that when they go into the rest of the games they have in the non-district schedule and into the district. So uh, I think the guys have a really really good mindset and I really like the coach over there. So they have a bright future ahead of them. They just have to keep on that path, but big win for TVS. Uh, you want to talk any more about that or do you want me to keep going? No, I'll take a couple games myself. You can Go end on it. a couple. I have to start with Grace community versus Winona. Um, I have never claimed not to be a homer. Is this the most interesting game on this board? Heck no, but I'm going to give like 30 seconds to talk about it. Um, Grace's non-district is the same as last year, my take on it. Uh, they're playing a bunch of horrible, horrible um, East Texas public schools. That being said, this is the performance we needed to see. I watched Zach Davis's film, the quarterback, the, the 26th quarterback uh, from that game. He looks good. Everyone looks like they're performing. I'm very excited to see. You know, we picked Grace to win um district two in division two so i they need to blitz all of these podunk east texas public schools um if i want to see them doing well in the district so shout out to grace community always my guys also something that was interesting to me uh grace prep losing 16 to 14 to oak ridge not quite something uh, i had on my bingo card as reflected in my pick sheet which took a hit because of that but um yeah, uh, because Oak Ridge won this game last year as well, if I am correct, Walker. Um, I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, Oak Ridge, not a great SPC 3A team. Grace Prep, typically a pretty good Taps Taps D3 team. Um, you know, starting off slow for Grace Prep, their, their culture's been good enough. Uh, I think with Leahue and the other guys, they'll get it turned around. Not the way you want to start your season for the Lions. Walker Lot, anything you want to hit before we get into our reviews? I think one definitely we need to talk about is Alito Parish. Um, Alito coming out on top 50 to 35. Um, only, you know, what is that? 15 point loss for Parish after losing a ton. I picked Parish um, because I told him last year I would never pick against them. But in, you know, honestly, in my heart, I, you know, I thought Alito was going to take this one, but I couldn't, I couldn't not back the guys over there. So, um, but Alito, the guys, the impact players like, Devon Keys and other guys like that who, you know, they're going to LSU for a reason. Two interceptions last game. I mean, that's that's kind of why. But I think putting 35 on a team that like Alito, who is poised to go to back-to-back to the state championship this year and probably will win the 5A D1 state championship, I think that's very, very impressive. You know, Hutch Crowe had 182 yards receiving and a touchdown. Maddox Reed only had 38 rushing yards. So that's probably something they, you know, work on. But um, saw your interest in 27, 39%, 69% from the field and had 278 yards and three touchdowns. That's a good day. The two interceptions are definitely the negative. But um, I think they have a bright future ahead of them. And I think they don't need to take this losses like this massive thing i don't think they will but i definitely we need to talk about it because that's a you know loss what is that the probably the first loss for them since south oak cliff last year and first loss in a kind of a while for this team so uh, also it's a loss for the new regime of parish right because um the seniors that have won four straight are now out so the seniors of this new class 
lose their first game. And so it's going to be interesting to see how do they bounce back. I think they absolutely will. I think they'll be fine, but it's going to be interesting to see, especially against a team like a, a Bel Air that we'll talk about later. That's it's not an easy matchup for them. It's this is that's going to be a tough game. Um, other than that, um, uh, Austin Regis comes out strong and year two of um, Quinn Murphy. The D1 team only puts up 14 points. That's that's a rough day at the office for them. Second Baptist smacks St. Pius uh, 41-0. And that makes them, kind of solidifies our top 10 pick of them. So that's I'm happy to see that. Um, ESD with Jake Ger- Jerky at the quarterback position puts up 28 on TCA Addison. All Saints put up 40, I think it was 41 to nothing at half. Uh, and they put up still, what is that, like 14 points in the second half. Um, but I think Fort Worth All Saints made their presence known week one in the Battle of Fort Worth. Um, besides that, um, don't know much. Oh, Houston Christian comes out with a big win that Lutheran South, I believe, won last year. Houston Christian led by Brett Kilchrist, who had a great game. I believe he had like three touchdowns, something like that, three, four. Um, has comes out with a big win for week one for Houston Christian. And also, Lubbock Christian beats the D2 team in Hyde Park. Um, that's something I did not pick or West didn't pick, and that's a big win for Lubbock Christian. Welker Horn and company, you know, c- you know, Coach uh, Softly is a great coach, one D4 coach of the year for us last year for a reason. Uh, comes up with a big win over a Division II team and c- sets them up to be um, kind of 1A, 1B with uh, First Baptist. And the reigning state champs are probably 1A because they deserve it right now. So that's kind of it. I, I am not going to discount First Baptist for the remainder of the season, so I don't know if I can agree with you there. But, yeah, both clearly after last week, um, the, the two best teams in TAPS D4. But that being said, that has been the football scoreboard presented by TXPS Media. Now moving on into our week one recap, starting with the game that I was at, Prestonwood Christian at Liberty Christian. Liberty opens up the season in dominant fashion as they dismantle Preston Wood to the tune of 48 to 19. This Warrior offense is one that we've raved about in the offseason. They showed up and they showed why Friday as multiple guys put up eye-popping numbers. UConn commit Cole Welliver through for 300 yards and four touchdowns. Junior standout Brady Janiusek had 145 receiving yards and two touchdowns, while Michael Stump and Jalen Hawkins added touchdowns as well. Junior running back Chase Garnett had two touchdowns on the ground and looked like one of the best backs I've seen since I've started covering the sport. On the defensive end, guess who? Brady Janusek came up with two interceptions, and both CJ and Cooper Witten flew around and made plays all night. For Preston Wood, junior defensive end Jack Harwell, senior wide receiver Gunnar Naviar, and senior defensive back Elijah Knott all had impressive performances despite the loss. Now, I will say before I pass it to you, Walker, um, we know already there's been a lot of talk about C.J. Witten, the rising junior, how good he's been as an underclassman. I remember Hogan Nelson telling me at the quarterback camp that Jason Witten has a younger kid named Cooper who's just an absolute freak. So I was keeping my eye out for him in this game. That kid, as a freshman in his first varsity action, just had his nose in the ball wherever it went. I mean, he's going to be really, really good and a staple for this Warriors team for the next four years. I'm really excited to see how he progresses. I'm really excited to see how CJ progresses. I'm not just saying this because they're Jason Witten's kids. That would be the obvious. (laughs) It'd be the obvious thing to point to. No, go watch a Liberty Christian game, and it'll be impossible to watch it without seeing CJ and Cooper pop up. They're both fantastic players. Walker, your thoughts on the game. 
that one clip you have of him running like out of frame, I that's 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 insane. Like that was insanely impressive. Um, yeah, uh, go watch it on our Twitter. I might put it up here. I don't know if I'll be uh tired enough to. But anyways, um, yeah, it was interesting watching this. I know you had a you had a late kickoff. What you ended at like eleven thirty. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go on a spiel on that real quick. The gang got moved back to eight. We had a we had a, a energy malfunction. The light shut off. Shout out Urquhart. Um, that pushed it back fifteen minutes. I the game didn't end until eleven thirty. It was an absolute nightmare, but it it was a fun game to be at. So it doesn't matter. Go on. Yeah, but I mean, a big game. I, I was looking. I'm looking at the Dallas Morning News box score. Um, Chase Garnett ninety nine on twenty seven carries, ninety nine yards, and two DDs. Cole Wellifer, 70% completion percentage for four touchdowns. That's That was impressive. And, of course, I mean, Brady Janusek making his case for D2 MVP early in the year with five receptions, 145 yards, and two touchdowns. Gosh, man, that's um, – and, and just to say, those numbers aren't just numbers. He th- Those aren't just, like, inflated numbers like you see sometimes. He right. looked every. It is good at that in person. I'm just saying that's the first time I've seen him in a live football game. He's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I already I was making my calendar yesterday, and I was like, all right, circle four with All Saints Liberty, because <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to watch him go ball out. But I mean, uh, I would love to hear what your thoughts are about the offense for Preston Wood with Kellen Tasby at the helm. How did he look in this new offense and all of that? Because Jonah Naviar went for seven receptions, 135 yards, and a touchdown, which is very impressive and. Kellen Tasby went 50% completion with 347 yards and three touchdowns. So it's not a bad game for him, but how did this offense who only scored 19, like how did, what do you, what do you, I guess, what are your thoughts on that Preston Wood team? It's funny because I haven't looked at the box score. Um, and I, I didn't even realize that Tasby threw for that much. So he got his, I mean, they, they moved the ball, but it's just like, it didn't really translate to what right. I was seeing. Like I never like they never put like a really, really cohesive few drives together that kept them in the game. Like right. uh, Liberty jumped all over them early. It was like 21, nothing or 28, nothing before you could even blink. Yeah. And then like they would go back and get one and then Liberty would score two more times and Preston Wood would score once. Gunnar Naviar was very good. Um, I remember that you put him in your ride up against Preston Wood or for Preston Wood. That was a great idea. He's a great player. Tasby is going to be very, very good um, in this district or in ND1. I mean, he's going to he's going to run into a lot of uh, stout competition when he plays Parrish. But I think everyone else, he's going to have a field day. It's just Liberty, besides Parrish, is probably the best team they're going to play all year. I mean, yeah. it's just it's it's a really tough week one matchup. You know, Donnie Yantis and his staff and all those guys at Prestonwood, they're still going to be really good. People don't realize that this isn't some run of the mill D2 team that just no. took Prestonwood behind the woodshed. It's 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 the best team in Division two. And Prestonwood ran into a really good team. I think we'll see Prestonwood start to gel more as the season goes on. It's just a tough week one matchup. 100%. What if I told you, this is according to the Dallas Morning News, our total yards, Argyle Liberty had 400, Preston Wood had 391. So only nine less yards of total offense. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy because, like I said, it did not seem that way at all. I mean, Liberty just had total control of the entire game. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I, I don't want to say much more than, you know, I wasn't there and I think West did a great enough job. I It was intriguing to watch kind of everyone come to gel together. Um, I think I definitely agree with you that 
I think Kellen came later in the summer anyways. So having more time with his guys over the season progresses will be awesome. Guy like, you know, Takashi Shaw that you finally got to see guy like Good. him, right. Uh, having him and Caden Collins kind of figuring out what that running back tandem was going to look like this year. I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a good year for Preston Wood, but you know, in our rankings, we had Preston Wood number two and Liberty number three. I mean, they went against an, yeah, they, they switch and you know, th- they faced the number two team in the, the state. And I, I mean, that's hard for anyone to play. So. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, Walker, I think there was a team last year that, um, that had a lot of guys come in later and they started really, really slow. And then they put a run together to the state championship. I, I forget the name of them off the top of my head, but I think Preston Wood could follow a similar script to Fort Worth All Saints. It's too much talent. Also, uh, Jack Harwell is, is, just so fun to watch. He he got a receiving touchdown. I didn't know they were going to put Jack Harwell at tight end. I didn't know he could do that. It was just so funny. I was just, I was sitting there and I was videoing and I just, I didn't see him in frame. So I just zoomed in on Tasby and I follow the ball when I'm videoing. So I zoom out and I'm like, oh, who's going to catch this touchdown? Somebody's wide open. Oh my God, it's Jack Harwell. It was, <laughs> dude, it was hilarious. I, I almost got like really high from the sidelines. So it was so fun to see. But that being said, Preston Wood's going to be fine. Liberty is going to be even more fine. Um, two fantastic teams. Excited to see where they go. Now, moving a little farther south to the sound of San Antonio, Walker Lot, you got to cover a game in the Alamo Dome, probably yeah. the, the coolest spot any of us have ever covered a football game. How was Antonian versus Holy Cross? Yeah, I think I texted y'all right when I got there. And I literally was like, thank y'all so much for like coming on this journey with us. This is so much fun. Um, yeah, it was awesome because shout out San Antonio. It was, you know, there's one whole like area around the stadium and full both sides for, you know, both stands were honestly kind of full and it was really, it was a great atmosphere. Antonian and Holy Cross had a great student sections and great atmosphere. And they, they just, I, if I was from San Antonio and went to that game, I would have been really proud to watch those two private schools like have that great of an atmosphere. But, um, so thank you for the hospitality from both sides. It was awesome being down there. Um, but it was a great game. San Antonio and Tonian prep started out on strong, First drive of the game, I think Jace Toscano finds a wide open. Uh, Aiden Samiego, I I know I'm going to mispronounce these names, so I apologize, firstly. But uh, number zero, Aiden, he had a great out. He was just wide open on the sideline. But I think they go out 21-0. Uh, Reverse by Holy Cross. Uh, Gibby hands it off. He hands it off to someone else. And uh, I want to say Marco Gomez, I think, ran up the sideline and it was gone. And I want to say shout out to Gibby Alvarado, man. He literally, he cut it off and he was a lead blocker the entire way, putting two guys on the dirt, like on his way over, man. And that's what you want in your quarterback. That he'll go to war for anyone and block for anyone. That's what I just love that about him. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a back and forth. You know, uh, Holy Cross found their stride in the second quarter. Made it a 14-point game, I think, at half. And then kind of Antonio, the Division One team, looked like the Division One team um, and kind of put themselves on top at the end. Um, Jace Toscano, I think he is, like, we have a lot of great 2024 quarterbacks in the state. And I think sometimes we forget to mention him. But he's so calm, cool, and collected as a quarterback. And he's a guy you would love to have on your team. He makes plays happen. He can be in the pocket, out of the pocket, whatever you need him to do, he can. And I just, I was very, very, I came away very impressed. Four touchdowns on the night. Um, can't say much more about him. Uh, the new transfer running back, Landon Prouty, um, he came in and I believe he scored twice. 
Uh, he's the starting running back, but Michael Moreno, the junior, he also got reps in, and I think the running back tandem of them too is going to be awesome to watch this year. But Prouty scored twice, Mikey scored once, and Prouty just he brings a different gear. And he runs hard, he runs fast, and he always lands forward, which was is something in a running back of mine I would love to have. And just going to talk to him, he was awesome, man. And uh, Rally Strode delivered as always, uh, both sides of the ball, interception that just landed in his lap and, you know, touchdown over the middle. Um, it, I mean, he's as good as advertised, as we always say. Um, uh, Bode Ferguson was another guy that impressed me. I've never seen him in person or maybe saw him last year, but really didn't see him as well as I saw him this year. And as, on the edge rusher as that outside linebacker, the end role, he looked really impressive. Um, the offensive line for Antonian is deep, and they're they were very good. The run game is solid all night. Um, Jalen Villarreal, Mikey Moreno, uh, Landon Prouty, Brett Preston Jones, Riley Strode, Jason Toscano were all very good players, and I was excited for that team. And uh, good. So I think Antonian has. I I I came away very impressed with Antonian. I know it's supposed to be a D three team and they should take care of business like that, but they came away very impressed. And I think um, we'll talk about it in a second, but how St. Thomas kind of started out sluggish. If they start out sluggish against Antonian, they might be in for a rude awakening. That's kind of what I think about from Antonian from Holy Cross's perspective. I think they competed very well for being a division three team in this matchup. I came away very impressed. Uh, Gibby looked very good, man. I think he's he's underrated, bro. I know uh, San Antonio doesn't always get much love, but he definitely deserves it. And I think he was very calm and collected, threw a great, great ball, and put his team and lead, led his team in this game. Um, Marco Gomez was impressive. Uh, Patrick Ortiz, he had a really big hit I put on my story uh, on our on my Twitter. He was very good. Marcus Perez. Um, a guy who I came away who was a Central Catholic transfer, Nick Hall, number 2022, the uh, the 25, uh, was very impressive. And he's a, he's a much-needed asset for this team, and he'll be a very key piece of this uh, Holy Cross team. John Acosta, or J.J. Acosta, the, the All-State freshman last year, uh, started at safety for them. He came away very impressive, very fluid and quick, and he's always in the right place. Uh, Daniel Ortiz, the senior um besides them oh number seven jeremiah vallejo he was very good he he's a hard-hitting mike linebacker that you just always need on a team like with you know the multiple um wristbands and you know how it is like you need a guy like that on your team and a guy that kind of impressed me uh just by the size wise was number 50 daniel alonzo the senior six four and probably like 260, if I had to guess, 270. Looked lean. He looked very impressive. He has the size. I think, I don't know the collegiate offers, but if any college needs a, a tackle prospect or a defensive end prospect, go reach out to him, man. He has the size and he has the athleticism to do it. So um, those are kind of my guys that kind of stood out to me because I wanted to give San Antonio some love. But overall, great atmosphere, great game. Thank you for the hospitality from both sides. Uh, I think both teams have poised for a great year this year. So that is my yeah. wrap up. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think no team comes away from this a loser, even though Holy Cross gets beat. I mean, they they did what they needed to do. I mean, they weren't going to beat Antonian, but they they looked good enough to prove that they're still going to be contenders in the D3 South. And with Cypress slipping up a little bit, I mean, it could be the year that Holy Cross wins the Southern Division in or the Southern District in D3. So. 
That being said, we will move on to Houston to cover the Woodlands Christian Academy at the John Cooper School. And my good Lord, senior wide receiver Kai Parker goes off for 306 yards and five touchdowns as the Woodlands Christian gets a statement win in their opener, besting John Cooper 47 to 27. Parker accounted for 87% of the Warriors passing yards or receiving yards and 100% of their receiving touchdowns as Jonathan Vidal pitches an efficient five touchdown zero interception game. On the flip side, 6'3", sophomore quarterback Santiago Fernandez gets the start for the Dragons, throwing for 230, but more impressively, he rushed for 126 yards, averaging over 8 yards per carry, leading the Dragons. John Cooper ran uh, junior athlete Dean Calhoun 34 times this game, going for 122 yards, but only averaging less than 4 yards a carry. So I talked a lot about John Cooper, even though the Woodlands won this game, because there's a few interesting points there. Just starting with the Woodlands, um, what a dadgum performance from Kai Parker. 306 yards and five touchdowns in your opening game is absolutely insane. This is a kid who plays a lot of baseball, and a lot of people know is a baseball kid. Clearly not. Clearly the kid is built to be a wide receiver. So shout out to Kai Parker, one of the more insane stat lines I have ever seen to open a season. But Walker, uh, TWCA going to be very good this year. Um, going to be interesting to see how they perform uh, in that district with Fort Bend and Second Baptist. I don't think you can just write them off anymore. I think they're going to they're going to compete for a for a first or second place spot. And also, uh, John Cooper. I'm interested to see that they gave Santiago Fernandez, the kid who we liked a lot, the starting job. And apparently, he's an adequate rusher, even yeah. against a team with a really good defense. Uh, like the Woodlands Christian Academy, you know, he he's for someone that that young and not built like a runner to put his nose down and get uh, 126 rushing yards and eight yards per carry. Shout out to the sophomore. No doubt. Uh, that's that's a big, I think, proving to them that he can do it. And for on the ground and in the, the air, I think that's good for, you know, DeHaven saying like, I, I might have this. I have a guy now and having Dean. I just hope he had an ice bath that next day and got off his feet, man. That's 34 carries is a lot, but um, you know, the dragons, we knew were going to be young. I think against a experienced TWCA team has a lot of talent. Uh, I think this is a good test for them. And I think, um, you know, you never want to lose at home, but if you're going to lose, you hopefully, you know, take it as a lesson. And I think you'd learn from it, but um TWCA, I think, starts out strong. That's a statement saying, "Hey, we're we're here, and you know, we're gonna have to keep notice of them." Uh, Jonathan Vidal, I, I'm I'm very impressed that he had five TDs and no interceptions. That's what you want in your first game as a junior, and uh, yeah, that's a big win for TWCA. Excited for them. Absolutely. Shout out the Woodlands Christian Academy. Also, shout out John Cooper. A, a lot of what we're seeing week one is yeah. even the losers um show what cool. they need to. So it's. It's it's looking very good for for everyone that we've covered Co- so far. Coach Hole, man, he he he's a good coach over there, man, and uh, yeah, uh, they have a good system. They have great facilities. Um, I mean, they they got it, they got it, man. Next game, absolutely. So next game, we are staying in H Town, covering Houston St. John's versus Houston St. Thomas. St. John's takes a forty-nine to forty-seven lead into the fourth quarter, but Lewis and Edgecombe proved too much as St. Thomas outlasts the Mavericks in a gunfight, 63-49. to Luke Edgecombe and another fantastic receiving stat line goes for 240 yards and four touchdowns as Dante Lewis goes for 500 all-purpose yards and five touchdowns. 
for the Mavs, I mean, it was the Cole Allen show, as it has been so many times since the kids started playing football. The junior athlete went for 114 rushing yards, four touchdowns, and an 82-yard kick return touchdown. But, you know, Stephen Gill struggles here, throwing three interceptions paired against two touchdowns, and ultimately that's why St. Thomas wins the game. Um, Walker, this is an interesting uh, point of analysis. It's about the same margin as uh, as St. Thomas beat St. John's last year, and both teams went on to have great seasons respectively after that. Um Cole Allen, still a freak, still one of the best players in SBC, regardless of division, fantastic player. Um, I'm really, really excited to see Luke Edgecombe just taking another step up after the the departure of Schaefer Henderson and other guys like that. I mean, he is yep. just he, – he is Dante Lewis's wide receiver number one, and it's cool to see both of them in sync. Um, Johan Cardenas did not play this game. Um, I'm interested to see when he will be back because I think it's going to take St. Thomas up to another gear. Yep. But, I mean, it's it, it's an incredibly interesting game to look at. What did you take away from this game? Yeah, I think uh, that Johan coming back is going to be key because if you have Dante doing this, where he might be the only guy in the backfield that you really have to worry about. Shout out, I think it's Keenan Bonner. No, one of the the Bonner, the younger Bonner, not the kid that's at Baylor, uh, the younger one, he was the running back one for that game. So shout out to him. But yeah, I think if you see Dante doing this in the backfield, imagine him with Johan Cardenas back there. That's going to be deadly to watch. But, you know, I think, you know, Luke Edgecombe was always going to get his and he got his a lot this game. And I'm, you know, shout out to him. Uh, I think Don, uh, Larry Benton also getting some too. That was also really key. Um, like I said, I think in the last episode, I said having those two guys both be at the top of their game because one of them has to be open because of how good they are. One of them is going to have to get open and making sure you, you know, um, when they are open, act on that is going to be key for this team. Uh, there, there definitely is a better term for that, but that's what the term I'm using. Um, yeah, good, good win. Aaron Valentine, shout out to him with all three interceptions from that game. Uh, the DB, the safety spot, that's going to be crucial for him. Um, I think, I think it's going to be interesting. I was, we were both shocked when it was tied at 35 at half. Um, that was not what you were kind of expected. Um, but they came out on the win, and that's kind of, you know, the win's a win. But I definitely think um, the defense for both teams might need to, you know, no team should want to put get 63 put on them, even 49 put on them. So that's something that the defensive coordinators for both teams are going to have to sit in the, the film room and kind of be like, all right, what do we go from here? Because if you're going to give up a lot of points, you want to do it week one where you can learn from it. So I think this is a good win and also a good lesson for both defenses and both teams to take from it. So I think great win uh, for St. Thomas. Uh, and I'm excited for the next couple of weeks because I will say this. Um, I think I said this on the live. If you want to come hear us, our thoughts after the games, go to our Twitter spaces. Um, if they, if the defense, you know, gets put up 49 on a team like St. John, St. Uh, whatever St. John's, which is a good, great offense. One of the best in TXPS when Regents comes into town in a couple of weeks, that is not something you want to hear. And so they that is when you have to kind of be worried about, all right, 49 when our offense, you know, will score more on a team like Regents where that might not be as easy. You really don't want that. So that's going to be something to watch if there's uh, the St. Thomas defense can kind of hold up while their offense keeps producing it at this rate. 
Definitely so. It'll be interesting to watch both of those teams move forward. But let us move into the final game of the week we're going to recap, and one that I really, really, really do not want to. First Baptist at Brazos Christian. Uh, Man. Man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, I've been wrong more than a couple times in my life, but outside of wagering my house as collateral for a Dallas Christian bet, uh, this could be the worst. First yeah. Baptist dismantles Brazos Christian to the tune of 55 to 13 as senior athlete Elijah Kaysen goes for over 300 receiving yards and five touchdowns. Another just absolutely insane receiver statistic that we see, the third of which we've seen in our recap. Um, senior quarterback Hunter McCoy throws for 508 yards and seven touchdowns, just because why not? As sophomore Dominic Sadu and junior Caleb Mitchell each grabbed touchdowns as this air attack was absolutely unstoppable. Listen, I think the addition of Hunter McCoy to this Saint squad allows Elijah Kaysen to go back to wide receiver. It, it puts First Baptist into another gear. You know, this is not at all the team that you saw last year, the team that was that was barely beating Bishop Gorman and things like that. This now, and I mentioned it before, might be the favorite to take over in Division Four. You know, Lubbock Christian are still the champions of number one until they get beat. Um, that's just pretty much how it works. First Baptist is is right there, if not if not the number one team in D four. Walker, um, this is something that you know you took First Baptist, but we were all I mean we were all basically like this is going to be a close game. We all pretty much agreed on that. Uh, it it was not your thoughts on the Saints boat racing the Eagles here. Yeah, that is um not something you want <laughs> to happen. Uh, I saw Coach Washington right after the game. Uh, he tweeted out, "Learn from it, bounce back from it." And I think that's the mindset that Brazos Christian has to have. And um, if you want to play him again and kind of get that revenge, you got to work for it. And you know they'll probably play him in the playoffs late. You know down down the line. So you have to get there. And I think they have a great team. They just have to learn and bounce back from it, like Coach Washington said. On the other side, though, uh, to make up – hey, I know you're a little sad. The Rangers just won. If that Berks is, I did Berks see is, that. I saw that, and it, it lifted my spirits, even though we just let the Mariners take control of the American League. How does that anyway? Just back to Texas private school football. Oh, we're so back, though. Anyways, um, yeah, not a – it's rain. How do we lose eight in the row? It just that's just. It, anyways, anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, big win for First Baptist, and I think it kind of he they kind of set the tone for Taps Division Four this year and say kind of we're coming and we're ready to go. We have the talent to do it. Um, because you know, you know, he Hunter McCoy threw he threw for five hundred yards. They didn't even use one of his best attributes of his game where he is able to create things with his legs. If you were able to throw for 500 yards and then if you want to stop one of their receivers and let Hunter McCoy do his thing, that's even deadlier. Um, First Baptist looks really good, man. And we kind of said it after, you know, Wes went, you went to whatever spring ball and saw a lot about this team. This team looks really good and they're coming for that state championship this year. And I'm really excited about it. Absolutely. You know, my major question was, all the talents there is it going to click like it needs to um it it has and i think it will continue to i mean they're they i think they're going to boat race everyone in their district and i think they're we're going to see them in waco i mean i don't want to put any any jinxes on um on first baptist but 
Uh, Coach Lavorne did tell me that uh, did tell our associates. By the way, big shout out to our associate Stephen Johnson yeah. for covering this game. Got a lot of fantastic clips that I have seen circulating around Twitter. So so shout out to Twitter for or shout out to Stephen for getting some great shots. But I know Jason Lavorne uh, told Stephen that he wants me to keep picking them as underdogs. Uh, Coach Lavorne, just to spite you, that will never happen again this season. <laughs> yeah. I, I will be. I I said it after I visited y'all um, in the spring. I was like, they might be my favorite. Uh, my 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 title favorite for D4 made a mistake week one. It happens, but first Baptist will be getting my vote every week following this one. But that being said, that will actually do it for our week one recap. Now we move into, I mean, what is just straight up my, my favorite segment on the show does DC and parish cover. Looking first, does Dallas Christian cover? We'll start with last week first. They were a 34 and a half favorite versus Bishop Dunn. They beat him by 48. They beat him 48 to nothing. They cover the spread easy. I have bet DC to cover every single spread since we've started this segment, and they have. And I honestly don't see any point in the future where I will stop betting that. This week, they are 27 and a half favorites versus Wichita Christian out of Monroe, Louisiana. This might be deceivingly tougher than than it looks. Uh, Wichita Christian was the 1A state champions in Louisiana last year. Um, gun to my head, I have no idea how Louisiana sets up uh, their, their football divisions. I couldn't tell you how Louisiana 1A football compares to Texas private school football. That being said, I look at numbers and I see 14-1 overall in a state championship. I'm going to guess that Wichita Christian is pretty daggum good at football, but they don't have Mike Wheeler coaching them. So mm. they are a 27.5 point favorite versus Wichita Christian. I say DC covers that uh, and more this year. Am I wagering my house on it? No, but I'm saying they'll win. Walker Lot, your thoughts. Uh, they cover. I, I have no idea about this team. No idea. Um, uh, speaking of which, I, I was I was sent by um by a DC guy. I, I was sent a link to a podcast that he did with somebody previewing this game. So remind me off air. I'll send you that. We'll do our research for DC versus Wichita Christian and hopefully catch a stream of it uh, while All it's going on. One second. We're gonna we're gonna put it to uh, Alexa. Uh, I'm gonna say Alexa, flip a coin. If it's a head, so they're gonna cover. Heads, if not, whatever. Hey, Alexa, uh, heads or tails? They are covering, ladies and gentlemen. It was heads. So fantastic. Uh, congratulations, DC. You will cover the spread. I think this is how you need to do every spread from now on is just have we, we need to do our picks and then Alexa's picks. <laughs> But uh, but that being said, we both we we both um picked DC to cover a twenty-seven and a half point spread versus Wichita Christian. Nah. Now looking at Parish for the first time ever, uh, for the first time ever, uh, I picked a team. Actually, that's a lie. I picked I picked Parish to cover the spread. But for the first time ever, people are street racing outside my apartment. That's real fun and cool. Um, for the first time ever, um, versus DC and Parish, one of the teams were an underdog in the game. Parrish was a 19 and a half point dog against Alito. Uh, we both picked them to cover and they covered it. They were, they were within 15 points. The game was 50 to 35. So shout out to Parrish Episcopal for covering versus Alito this week. They are 29 and a half point favorites against Episcopal uh, in farmer's branch. Um, keep in mind, I have never, I have never, you haven't not picked Parrish or DC to cover a football game um, it, it, within like, there's been like 13, um, 13 times we've done this. Yep. 
minus 29 and a half. That's a lot. Uh, um, and keep in mind, this was a one, this was a seven point game last year. Um, I'm not going to give away my pick, but EHS covers that spread. Parrish doesn't cover a 30 point spread against CHS. Yeah, I agreed. Uh, we'll see what Alexa says. Alexa, heads or tails? It does even the animation. Can you hear that? I can. Heads. All right. They said they will cover the spread. Alexa says Parrish will cover the spread. So if we get burned on this and I get chirped by everyone and they do cover the spread, I'm just going to tail Alexa's picks for the rest of for however long we run the segment until we get run off of it. So that being said, um, we both pick DC to cover. We pick uh, Parrish not to cover. Uh, Alexa picks both teams to cover. So that being said, before we move into our games of the week, let's take some time and talk about High Point Signs and Apparel. This is who the episode is sponsored by. You've heard us talk about them in several episodes leading up to this. They do a fantastic job. We just did our whole spiel about our merch. They're the ones who who made this merch. We got it done through them. They are fantastic. Every question we have had regarding this, they have answered. They've made it an incredibly smooth, seamless transition. I can't recommend these guys enough. Listen. They don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. Both me and Walker can attest to that. They will meet or beat any price. Good luck finding a better deal than that anywhere you go. They will create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. Listen, guys, the shop that we're talking about, the shop we're setting up for all of our merch, it's it's through High Point. They're the ones that build that. Uh, Walker, I'll let you talk more, but I can't recommend these guys enough. They do a fantastic job. Every piece of merch that we've put out through them looks, feels, fantastic a big shout out to high point yeah i mean when we've been working with them it's been nothing but amazing you know talking about the online store we literally were like can we do this this and this and they said yes we'll do exactly that and it's been looking awesome so um they've been helping out with us tremendously and it's been such an easy process so definitely go check them out if you want your playoff shirts when that time comes or any shirt you want to do for your you know for booster club or anything please reach out to them they've been awesome to work with so high point signs and apparel Absolutely. High point signs and apparel. The links to their websites are in the show notes, the description of this episode. Go check them out. Yet again, Walker and I don't promote things that we don't use on our own, that we don't we don't find useful. And these guys are both of those things. Shout out to High Point Signs and Apparel. But Walker, with that being said, let us get into um, my second fate. No, this is my favorite part. The, the gambling jokes aside, the, there is nothing I love more than previewing games and just getting picks absolutely wrong every week. Let's start with Episcopal at Parish. Parish, as we mentioned, is a 29 or yeah, 29 and a half point favorite. They have a 92% chance to win this game, according to the Massey ratings. And man, oh man, what an absolute star studded matchup we have here for week two. Arguably the two best teams from a talent standpoint in Texas private school football and a game that was much closer than expected last year that Parrish would go on to win 24 to 17. This year is going to be an absolute showcase. Parrish dons an offense consisting of Purdue commit Sawyer Anderson, Harvard commit Maddox Reed, ULL commit Sam Liu, Hutch Crow. The list goes on and on. I can't even talk about all the guys that have D1 potential on this roster, but we will say on the defensive end, Purdue commit Caleb Mitchell Irving, Caleb Bowers, DC Crane. The talent is without a doubt there. As for Episcopal Bel Air, 
Running Rebels commit Carson Gordon, Yale commit Braylon Thompson, Power 5 target Madden Morgan, Colin Witt, and Billy Wheelis up front, B.J. Thomas at running back, and all these guys round out an incredibly high-powered night squad, one of the few in the state that can probably match or come close to matching pairs from a talent standpoint. There's a lot of discussion about Parrish losing almost all of their defense, and it's certainly a point to analyze. Episcopal has a ton of talent and looks as poised as ever to win the SPC and become elite. However, four-time defending state champions. Uh, I can't bet against the Panthers until I get a reason to, and with all the D1 talent still being there, I won't be doing that anytime soon. Go Panthers. Give me Parrish in this game. Walk a lot. I mean, I am so excited for this one. You, I'm, I'm so excited for you to go watch this. I think it's going to be an awesome one. You know, um, you know, it's just going to be such a good one. I think the offense for uh, EHS is clicking right now. Dan Casey is, you know, scheming up a storm, and um, Carson Gordon is just doing it for perfection. Adding BJ Thomas at running back, Logan Barty did great in their game against uh, Levinson. Is that what they played? Um, yes. Guys like that. I think this team is really coming together and I am very, very excited for this game. Um, uh, the guy that I'm excited to mention is uh, he didn't put up any stats, but Jalen Pyle, the South Lake Carroll transfer might be a guy. If he is healthy, I don't know for sure. And I would expect him to be on the stat list, but he isn't. Um, if he kind of comes in with also Bryson Fields and Hutch Crow, guys like that, I think this team, I think a guy like that is going to be kind of a difference maker to kind of set them over the top. Give me Parrish in this one. I can't go against the state champions, but I am expecting a really, really good game here, man. I really am. So um, I, I expect the defense, uh, you know, uh, Caleb Mitchell Irving to come out strong. I think that's going to be a great test for EHS with EHS's offensive line being one of the best in the state. Um you know, guys like Tyler uh, Sarasky, uh, the Ridgepoint transfer is going to have his hands full with Nick Ferris and others on the offensive line for Parrish. So this is a good one. I think the front seven for Bel Air has always been very good, um, and they are good again this year, and they have their, their hands full with this offensive line. So this is going to be a fun one for sure. Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned it because I completely forgot to. I will be at this game in Farmer's Branch uh, on Friday. Um, just something about blue turf I really like. I I haven't been to Parrish since uh, since since my junior year of college, so two years ago when we started, when they played Nolan. So I'm incredibly excited to be back. Um, yeah, blue turf's cool, unless you're playing Preston Stone and getting blown out by 50 on that blue turf. That That's not quite as fun. Anyways, moving on to a game that Walker Lott will be at. This is Hyde Park at St. Dominic Savio. Hyde Park is an 18.5-point favorite with a 78% chance to win, according to the Massey ratings. Austin gets their time in the limelight as Walker will be on site in the state capitol for Hyde Park versus St. Dominic Savio. Savio is coming off a win at 5A Navarro, where Hyde Park dropped their opener to D4 champion Lubbock Christian. Savio has seen success since moving to a freelance schedule, going 8-2 and two last year under the command of senior quarterback Leighton Riviere, and man, does he have some weapons to throw to in Bobby Humphreys and David Duplantier. A senior-heavy squad should be poised to win a lot of contests this year for St. Dominic Savio. On the flip side, Hyde Park was the breakout team from last season, and Phil Dawson will lean on the best tight end in the state, Carter Bra, to make plays for this Panthers team, along with Quade Jackson and Jack Braddock. I have a lot of intrusive thoughts telling me to take Savio here. 
they're coming off a win. They're loaded with senior experience. And I just really, really like Leighton Riviera. However, mm-hmm. if I've learned anything from three years of doing this, it's patience. Hyde Park has a great culture in the works, and I'm not jumping to conclusions off of a one-week game. Give me the Panthers here, but but begrudgingly. Um, I can already foresee the future, you know, my my crystal ball where uh where Savio wins this game and Leighton Riviera gets to chirp me on uh, on Twitter. But um I think it's gonna be close, but I do like Hyde Park. I, I do think um I do think they're gonna get it done here. Wow. Um interesting. Very interesting. Um, I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna go say Dominic Savio. I think I I'm kind of just scared away by that loss to Levitt Christian a little bit from Hyde Park. Um, that is not a loss that I was expecting. I know, uh, you know, Levitt Christian is a great team and has a lot of talent, but I, I, you know, I just I'm a little worried by that. And a guy like also Jaden Williams coming into that squad for St. Dominic Savio having a receiving core of those three. Plus, Leighton is going to be awesome to watch, and I'm so excited to be down in Austin. Uh, this is going to be my first game covering a private school in Austin ever, and I'm so excited for this. Uh, St. Dominic Savio has always been big fans of us, and you know we've always been wanting to get down to a game there, so we're doing it now. So I'm excited for this, really, really excited, and uh, yeah. Uh, this is going to be a good one. And, you know, I'm excited to see Carter Brawl and uh, the quarterback over there for Hyde Park and other guys. So it should be a good one there down in Austin. But I'm going to give Leighton and the, the three receivers that I'm really excited to watch the edge here. Uh, give me St. Dominic Savio. I like that a lot. Walker, I hope that your first game in Austin goes a lot better than my first game in Austin. Um, that's not to say that I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game I went to, even with the lightning storm. But there was a lot of stuff after that. Uh, that that made it not very fun. You can get at me if you want to hear that whole story. Anyways, moving on to the second or the third to last game that we will preview. This is Second Baptist at Prestonwood. Uh, there is no spread for Massey ratings on this game. There's no win percentage. Very sad, but we will move into the matchup nonetheless. One of our initial DFW versus Houston matchups, the Eagles will drive up 45 to the Prestonwood compound to take on the Lions. We previewed Prestonwood last week, but it's the same picture. Tulane commit Kellen Tasby is a true Division I prospect at 6'6", 215 pounds. Gunnar Navier is a great target at wideout, as previously mentioned. And Elijah not caught my eye at defensive back. And Jack Harwell is still eating offensive linemen for breakfast. Um, Prestonwood still chock full of talent. Second Baptist, however, just destroyed their first D1 opponent of the year. And they will look to eviscerate their second here just in a few days. We have the Eagles ranked as the best team in District 4, and for good reason. Senior athlete J.D. Crisp is poised for an MVP caliber season, and with an offense of Turner Murdoch and Cannon Toon, the Eagles certainly have the firepower necessary. You add legendary coach Beck Bryden to the equation, that only helps the Eagles' case here. I got to take second Baptist. Listen, um, Division 2 has dogged Division 1. Um, in the, in the past year or so, I mean, I, I think second Baptist is, is an elite player in division two. I think Preston Wood, like I mentioned, is going to be good, but it's going to take them a few weeks to figure out how to play with each other. Um, I, I think, I think second's going to win here and I think they're going to win comfortably. It's going to be an interesting matchup. This is going to be a good one. I think more than last year, I think, I think Preston Wood won it last year, but those were a lot of guys that, you know, were seniors and played a lot together. This is kind of a new squad. And it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, but I think another week of this Preston Wood team gelling even more, I think is going to be good. Um, 
I th- I'm going to pick Preston one here. I'm going to pick the division one team still. I think this team is very good and very talented. I think it just, you know, maybe needed a week to kind of jump into its senses. Second Baptist, I think is going to put up a fight. I think they're going to be a really, really good one. Um, I- I'm yeah, I think this is going to be a really great matchup. I think matchups like JD crisp on their receiving uh, as a receiver is going to be fun to watch. And um, I think Turner Murdoch coming into his own, Jay Chris had a great week with like two touchdowns and a hundred yards receiving last year. So, or last week. Um, so I think he's going to be poised for a good year. Um, but I, I'm going to pick Preston. What I think it's maybe the safer pick. And I think I'm going to choose it. Yeah. I mean, both are fantastic teams. I'm just, it's, I think it's going to be another example to show us where, how D2 stacks up against D1 this year. Um, we already got an example of that with Liberty, but how can a team like Second Baptist match up with a team who we think is at the top of D1? So it'll be a very fun one to see regardless. Moving down to a Houston-based matchup, St. John's at Houston Christian. St. John's, according to Massey ratings, is a 32.5-point favorite with a 97% wow. win chance in this game. Wow, indeed. The first Houston on Houston SBC match of the year. Mavericks will travel to the Mustangs Friday in an equine battle for the ages. We surprised a lot of people when we picked Houston Christian to finish second in 3A following a seller year in 2022. But... With talents such as Jordan Ellie Stewart and Brett Kilchrist and Bennett Malleroy, the Stangs drummed Lutheran South last week. St. John's is coming off a close loss to D1 contender Houston St. Thomas, a game which they led into the fourth quarter. Y'all know the name. Stephen Gill, Cole Allen, Will Hoffreck, Michael Murphy. They're going to contend for a 4A title. Listen, I think Houston Christian has the chance to be great this year, and I certainly think they have the talent to win this game. But don't overthink it. Uh, St. John's has a more proven track record, and this early in the season, I have no reason not to take them. Go Mavs! Ooh, okay. This is gonna be. This is a good one. This is a really good one. I um, I think that's a big win for uh, Houston Christian in Week One. Brett Kilchrist, you know, is a guy we talked about how he was going to be a difference maker for this team, and he absolutely was Week One. What do you put up? He went up 269 passing yards, three touchdowns, 135 yards on the ground, and another touchdown. I think he's definitely going to be the difference maker this year with all the other athletes they have on that squad. Um, man, this is going to be fun. Um, I'll go St. John's. I think I think Stephen Gill will have a bounce back game. I think he'll be very good. You can never underestimate Cole Allen. And um, with the the receiving tandem, as always, I I do think this is going to be a close one though. I think Houston Christian with Brett and everyone else is going to come to play. And uh, yeah, this is going to be fun to watch. Amari Amari Barnes on the defensive side also had a really good game. Uh, We forgot to mention him earlier. And I think guys like that with Jordan Ellie Stewart, others, I think this is going to be a good, good Houston Christian team. I completely agree with that. I think I think a 32 and a half point sprint is insane. Um, I was telling Walker before we started recording, uh, the, the spreads at this point in the year are really, really crazy. There's not a whole lot of data to go off of. It's just, it's pretty intuitive. Once we get, you know, further right. in the year, the spreads will make more sense, but it's just good talking points. But 32 and a half points for St. John's to be favored in this game is, is ridiculous. But that being that, we will move on to a West Texas matchup to close us out. Austin Regents at Midland Christian, where Midland Christian is a 20-and-a-half-point favorite in this game with an 82% win chance. Remember how I just said something about the spreads this early in the year? Anyways, 
Regents will take the long, flat bus ride to the oil fields that I know so well this Friday to take on the Mustangs of Midland Christian. I say I know it well. Walker Lott knows it a lot better than I do, but this will be Midland's first action of the season, whereas Regents is coming off of a 45-14 to shellacking of Central Catholic. Midland Christian made a lot of noise this summer, qualifying for State 7-on-7, seven seven, and with Colton Newsom throwing to guys like Boston Rodriguez, the Stangs will be very talented through their air attack but probably not as talented as Regents. One of the top quarterbacks in the country, Quinn Murphy, has weapons like Hudson Powell, Graham Regentes, I've just butchered your name, Rain, Range, yes, I'm, I'm sorry. You're going to have to hit me with the DM with the pronunciation <laughs> guide. And, and Blake Smith at his disposal. It's going to be an electric factory. You add in guys like Jacob Wilburn and William Johnson at linebacker, and the defense will be Regents' calling card as always. Midland will compete in a loaded D2, but Regent's going to be chomping at the bit to be at the top. Give me the Knights in this one. Oh, man. Uh, I'll, I'll make my pick off the bat. I also am going to go Regents. I think this team looks really, really good. I think, you know, Bus Fadigas, of course, going to play a key role in this. But, and Midland is, you know, uh, some of the best places to play, St. Thomas. Uh, Central Catholic, Antonian, and Midland is one of them. And it is going to be really, really rowdy. They're going to have a great atmosphere up there in Midland. And I think, you know, I think this is a game. I know, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is where a game like Quinn Murphy is going to prove like to people that like he can do it like at the best of his ability um, and any noise, anything like that. Um, if he can go to Midland and go through all of that and all the chirping is going to be from the stands and get in the atmosphere and all the yelling and all the craziness that will happen with this and still go out there and put up 40 on them. I think that's going to solidify him as one of the best in country personally for me. I think he already is, but like, I think that's going to cement something about him that I'm, I, I really, really like. So give me regions, give me, give me, give me regions huge um, in this one. But I think Midland. Colton Newsom is a gamer. Boston Rodriguez is as well. I think they have a good squad. I just think Regents is a little bit too good um, and and is poised to kind of prove people wrong, especially with the teams like, you know, Fort Worth All Saints and uh, uh, Liberty out there. I think they want to show that they can compete and hang with all the, those two guys. And, uh, you know, doing it against a district foe is going to be big for them. So give me, give me Regents and give me Regents big. You know, we talk about culture a lot. We beat the horse dead but you will be hard pressed to find two better ones than the teams matching up in this for game. sure so it'll be fantastic two two great coaches going at it so walker with all of that being said that will conclude the content we have for week two um i feel like we have we we've been waiting so so long to get back into texas private school football and i can't believe we're already recording our second episode of the season uh before you know it we'll blink and we'll be in waco um it's just i, I don't know i i can't ever get over uh, that we actually get to do this the way we do it to the audience yeah. we're broadcasting to. Um, and also I'll just take a moment to say uh, to, to, I had a fantastic time at Liberty um, to any time that I go or we go somewhere and cover and you see me, you see any of us walking around, come up and say hi, strike a conversation. There's nothing that Walker or I like more than to engage with the people that consume our content and that participate in this community. Um, it's it's one of my favorite things to do is talk to people from different schools. I love it. Walker loves it. And thank you all for, for everything, for supporting our content. 
Um, I, I said it in a, in our post. We started out as three kids just talking to the microphones, and it's grown into something that uh, it's hard for me to fathom. But, Walker, I'll get off my emotional soapbox. Is there anything you want to leave the people with before we get out of here? Nah, uh, I at the Alamo Dome when the drums were playing and the bands were, you know, and everyone was just cheering for the opening kickoff. I literally looked around and I said, this is what I get to do. Like, this is so much fun. Um, and just to add on to your point, like this is, this is some of the best, most fun. And I, I, you know, you do all this work, you do all this, you know, you, you stress yourself out with all the stuff behind the scenes and all this. And you're like, sometimes, oh, is it worth it? And then I go there on Friday nights and I stand there and I watch the crowd and I watch the atmosphere and I'm like, there's nothing better, man. And, uh, for you guys who are playing, understand like this is, this is so much fun and you know, it's some of the best years of your life, um, playing the game that we all love. So uh, enjoy it. I'm excited to be there in Austin. Uh, it's going to be a good one. Uh, Wes is going to have a great one up there in Parrish and Dallas. And we're excited for another week of great Texas high, uh, Texas high school football. So, Absolutely. I am incredibly excited to get to cover another game this week. It's going to be fantastic. And I can't wait to get on a Twitter space and talk about everything that night. It's going to be a great, great time. But all of that being said, if, as always, I will say, if you if you reach the the end of the Twitter space, we always do our college football picks for the day because we they do. Get... I, I I really didn't want to do week zero last year <laughs> or last week. I was I was dead tired and I didn't care about any of those games. But this week we'll get to talk about we'll get to talk about um A and M and I'll express my fears that we're going to regress to a Stone Age offense again. But if you want to hear all all of that content, um, listen to the Twitter space. We'll detail it all there. But with all that being said, as always, I have been half of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson. Walker Lot has fantastically been himself. TXPSmedia.com, the link tree, get the merch, get the apparel. We we put so much work into this. We're so excited to bring it to you. Please, please support us that way. And yeah, we'll see you in the week three preview. See you later. Three, two, one. <laughs>